Chris? Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I have headphones on, but I haven't done this in so long. And so I'm getting these WhatsApp pings in the background and I'm thinking, ah, crap, crap, crap. Like you can hear this, right? So I go on mute and that's when I said, hey, I want to start this over again. But then I didn't hear anything from you because it was on mute and I forgot I was on headphones listening to you. Uh, so yeah, okay. You're, you're doing awesome. Uh... Yeah, hi. Perfect, who's okay. <laughs> Episode 82 is back. Uh, we had a little bit of some false starts, but now we are moving, and we we were we are on day fifteen of quarantine, and it's just been extended by another exciting one month. So by the time we get out of this, it will be at least forty five days of lockdown. Yeah, Chris, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm I'm in the same room as last time. Uh, it's uh, you know we all started with cleaning up. You see lots of trash on the streets, and everybody cleaned up. It's slowly filling up again, which means. It's the new normal. I, I just can't think of it that way. I tend to think of it as a great experiment. And this is where you and I differ. And I think this is, you know, the, today's topic on the podcast is essentially going to be all about this lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, and the way that we've been adjusting in our personal lives and our work lives as well. But Chris, you and I see things maybe a little bit different because for me, I take this opportunity and I really think, how can I be productive with every second of my day, right? Because I want, I like, I love this. I live for this sort of productivity porn type of thing where I'm like, what can I do to maximize efficiency? But you have a bit of a different take on things. Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, no, I do think we need to be productive, but let's first play catch up. Let's make sure that everything is working as it was before, or at least at the same efficiency levels as it was before. Right now, I think it's really difficult for people to make a hard cut between work time and relaxing time. And I know working more fluid is, is awesome and all, but there needs to be downtime. And I, I think that's one of the things where this all of this pressure that you see from social media on, oh, I can make so much music right now, or I can design so much right now. I have time to learn. I read 70 books in this, since this started. I think it's a bit too much. I think we should just figure out how to do our jobs well. We don't need to do them better than before unless this somehow... Uh, works out. But I don't think we need to work harder once we get to a point where it starts to work. So I, I totally actually agree with you on that we don't need to work harder. But what I do think is interesting where you talk about the time blocks, and this is where, I, you know, you know this, but the people who are listening to this podcast, as we've brought it back, uh, haven't seen all my messages to the people internally of Argo. But I, I look at this as a, as a challenge where we can test out completely new ways of working and make ourselves a stronger team when we come back together, when we're able to work together. So Chris, as you said, we have the situation where people are still working on this nine to five aspect. And what really bothers me is this idea that we've sort of taken remote work to mean I work the same way I did in the studio, but now I just add video to it. Instead of saying, hey, we have a completely new set of tools, a completely new situation that we are in. How do we work most effectively to be number one, efficient, number two, happy, or you could reverse those, number one, happy, number two, efficient. But to your point, I agree on getting back to the baseline of where we were, but I think there is opportunities to try all these sorts of new things in order to find how we can be 
a different company, a more effective company, a more fun company. When I look, you know, two, three years down the road, I don't think this is the new normal at this point, but I think it certainly sets us up to say, what can be possible in this realm? And I'm, I, I am blown away how designers take on every challenge and every opportunity with clients to say, how are we doing this better? And yet all of a sudden we get in this completely new situation and nobody is really stepping back and saying, okay, wait, what can I do here that increases the fun that I have, increases my happiness, increases my efficiency, increases my output? There's so many different vectors that you could go off. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, give, give me your thoughts on that. I think we're all doing that. As in, uh, we use Figma, which is already pretty much set up for not everybody being in the same location. It makes sure that you're all synced up with all your files. You never have to go look for anything. You're never going to be a day behind. Um, you can work together at the same time. Even when you're calling, you can see what the other person is doing. So it's great for brainstorming. But there's a, a couple parts sort of that you need to add to your etiquette to make sure that it really works. So we've started adding lots more descriptive things. We've been building lots more prototypes. We developed a way of tracking our tasks right inside of our design app rather than using an external app. And we've constantly been improving this because we're now noticing what we actually normally sort of talk about or what will be posted on our desks that we can talk about with people in the office that now doesn't get communicated. What I do think is very important about this is that Communication and seeing how people feel is something that we normally read in the room and uh, we notice it during meetings and it's a lot less now. So the burden of communication, the burden of saying when you need something is on you. And that really differs from when we're in the office and it can be implied from what your mood is or if you see somebody's at the coffee machine too much or all of those things. Right now, those are hidden. And I think that's where we can uh, start to innovate as well. So not just the the efficiency inside of our design apps but how can we how can we keep track of how people are feeling and what they're doing and how they're how we can help them spend their day i love that because you brought up a few things specifically you said that etiquette part and you brought up a few things around tools um, around communication and i think that naturally goes towards meetings as well but you were talking a little bit about sort of that communication of uh, uh, empathy and i've noticed as we have shifted into this scenario that a lot more of my time has gone to just checking on people, writing people saying, how are you doing? Do you want to catch up? Right? Because as you said, you don't have that time. But I think that's one of the ways that I've started to shift my time on meetings. You mentioned this yesterday, that when you come together in person for a meeting, there can be some banter, there can be some sort of back and forth. And in, in the case of some meetings, like weekly check-ins, those just sort of flow. But when everybody's over video, it becomes a different challenge and you really need to have an agenda and something to drive it. Otherwise, people just sort of sit back. So I think we're also seeing that these things that we've taken for granted have different methods that you need to use for them. Um, on, the, uh, on the tools part, you mentioned Figma. What I, what I absolutely love about this as well is it allows us to streamline and leverage our tools in a new way. And I know that probably sounds hella boring to a lot of people, but I love the fact that now the entire company is on Slack. We are talking, as a company, we are talking to each other more. And when I say as a company, for those of you uh, maybe who are from the old Raft days or who don't know Argo, we have three offices around the world. 
And I find that in these last two weeks, we are talking to each other so much more than we ever have. And I absolutely love it. It's, it's for me, that part has been great. Yeah, the geographical distance is no more. We can now talk with the same friction you and I can talk as I can talk with somebody in Austin or somebody in LA. The only difference that we haven't quite got covered yet is time difference. And that's where I think that etiquette comes in. Like we need to write a lot of things down in the shared space, in, in, in cyberspace, if you will. Um, use tools like Jira, uh, tracker tasks in Figma, write down how things work because you need to make things that if a team member finds your stuff, they also find your instructions on how to use it and what it is. Yeah, so I mean, I, I love what you said that like, it basically comes down to a day is a day, an hour is an hour, right? I mean, you could look at it, I, I, that may be a very personal or I think some people may see that as a bleak way of looking at things, but it doesn't matter to me if something in theory is at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. anymore because everything is just so fluid. And of course, I don't want to stay, you know, I don't want to be awake for a meeting at 2 a.m., but in theory, those types of things open up different possibilities. And as you said, it doesn't matter where the other person is. We have to embrace now this complete idea that everybody is equal in a way. And I think that has lent itself to the company as a whole, really thinking, oh, how do we work together? And one of the things that came up was like, oh man, we have this new project coming in. We need to resource it, right? We need to put people on this project. Do we want them to come out of the Austin studio or the New York studio or the Amsterdam studio? And somebody on the call just said, it doesn't matter anymore. That's awesome. And it blew me away. It was, it was, you know, you're like, it really doesn't. And you start to look at the company as a pool of talent. And when you start to look at it that way, you break down all those barriers of geography. And yes, there's time differences. And I totally get that. But just this idea that everything is now one is to me super, super exciting. I don't like being stuck indoors. I don't like, you know, not being able to go work out. I don't like being able to not see my friends, but I absolutely love the fact that we are completely challenging the way that we work. And instead of looking at the process, we can look at the outcomes and look back at the process that we want. Yeah, I, I, I think right now, it might also not be about working times, but about being able to set your own barriers. And since every contact we have right now is digital, we just need to learn to rein in our own tools. So for people who are under pressure, who want their downtime, they first of all need to communicate that with other people. So they set the expectations externally and then internally make sure they turn off all their notifications and things like that so they can have their downtime whenever they want. I don't care when we work, as long as we can have our discussions when we need to have our discussions and as long as the work is done when it needs to be done. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that if I'm comfortable with sending an email with requirements at 2 a.m., that somebody else is comfortable receiving those at that moment. And I think that's where we need to learn a lot. I, I, I do agree with that. And you have chastised me several times for sending emails on the weekends. Uh, again, because I tend to think of everything as so fluid, but I know not everybody does. That being said, with what you were mentioning, if you can get those ground rules in place, that etiquette in place, you can imagine that in two years' time from now, or it could be in three months, it doesn't matter where any of us are. And that's always been that sort of digital nomad thing, right? Like, oh, as a digital nomad, I'm going to be working over in uh, you know, Thailand or Southeast Asia or someplace I can, I can uh, take advantage of cheap currency exchange rates. But realistically now, 
one of our designers is in Germany and we didn't even know. That blows my mind, right? I mean, she literally just picked up, went back to her family because she felt more comfortable there. And it was awesome that we never knew because it didn't matter. And if we can really figure out how to do that, ooh. I think that is a bit of a, a privilege statement we can make because uh, a lot of our work is digital. Oh, 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 it is very privileged. I mean, no, you are spot on. It is, we are in a very lucky position. It's fine for screen design. It's fine for podcasting. It's not so fine for a video I need to shoot right now for marketing material where I have my shoot at home and I have two actors, which is me and my wife. And that's what we need to roll with. While actually what we were planning was to rent an Airbnb, get some actors in and do it super professional. So there are some things where it really does matter where I am, when I am, what I have on me. And I, I do think that as far as digital design, we need to, um, in this situation, we need to learn etiquette. And that is how we use our tools inside of the tools, but also how we communicate and what we communicate and when we communicate. But outside of that, we also need to adjust our expectations for what we can actually reasonably produce in this uh, brave new, hopefully temporary world and what uh, we'll need to actually change. I, I can get so excited by these things that, yes, I do forget that we are in an extremely lucky position. And, and both you and I have friends that are not in such a um, privileged position. And I think that is definitely worth noting, because while I'm very excited by all of this, there's a lot of people that this is, um, in short, ruining their lives. I mean, I, at least I know in the U.S. where a lot of people, you know, live nearly paycheck to paycheck. So I think it's, you know, it's a give and take. I get really excited by this, but I can also understand how people, you know, might want to haul off and, and punch me in the back of the head for also being excited by it. Uh, and there's no easy way, there's no easy way out of that. Uh, and I don't have a solution for, you know, necessarily how to handle this, but it has been interesting. And Chus, you tell me how much you want me to veer into this, given we have about five minutes left in our, our hopefully allotted time frame. But with all this talk of the lockdown and sitting at home, you know, sort of what we've been doing, if I look over to some of the countries in Asia, you know, we're talking about the tools that we use they've been using very different tools in order to contain this more. And I'm curious if you want to get into that discussion or if you want to use, you know, use an upcoming podcast for that. But essentially this idea that you can use more authoritarian tools like tracking people or tracking their phones in order to subdue something like this. Like, I, and I know that's something you and I in the past in all of our past podcasts have talked a lot about privacy and about um, you know security and about having our rights and these types of things, and here's a situation when you look at Taiwan, that you know essentially the people were tracked by integrating healthcare and immigration databases. People who were sick were tracked by their GPS on their phone, and if they left their house, they were given fines. And because of this, they were able to avert the crisis that we are now in. But of course, you're giving up a lot of your privacy and, and control on that. And I don't know, it's. It, you know, I guess uh, tools can be used for good or bad. I actually think it might be a good topic for a for a separate podcast because there's a lot of nuance to that. Yeah, um, yeah. You 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 talk to it uh, about how that's happening in Asia, and there's very different approaches. Taiwan does something different from China. Does something different from Singapore again? Um, but don't don't be fooled. A lot is happening on our side as well. 
the Dutch government is also using uh, data from Google to track patterns and to see where there are hotspots of people moving because they they do need to break up people gathering that are breaking the rules because we're not in a full-on lockdown. We are allowed to go outside and we're allowed to go to these essential services. And there will always be people that break the rules uh, a little bit too much or stretch them a little bit too far. And even the Dutch government is, is seeing how can they then, without breaking the privacy laws, still use these uh, these different technologies. And I think I think it will be really nice for us to take that as a separate topic and see what's happening the world over because there's so many things happening that will have such an extensive impact during this period and uh, probably after as well. Okay, so we can take that on in an upcoming one. Maybe we need to bring back the dark side of design at some point as well. Plug for that podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so if I, if I return to the tools and our way of working... Uh, you know, I, I think this is a good way for us to wrap up. For me, it's all been about since we started. And you know what's what's great? This is our five-year anniversary, Chus, of, of working together, starting starting Raft years ago. It is our one-year anniversary of joining Argo, essentially. Uh, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of sort of momentous occasions for us on this day. So I think this is actually a nice way to wrap this up, at least for me is when we were starting out five years ago, we always questioned the way that we had worked previously, right? Both of us had come from the same company, which was Frog, and same for the other founders, Survey and Matthias. And when we were working at Raft, we always said, do we need to do things in the same way, right? We never took anything for granted. We always said, what's the outcome that we want and how do we approach it in the best way to get it? And I think that's the same thing that we need to do here. And that's why I keep challenging everybody that it's not simply about doing what you did before and adding video. It is about changing the way you work. And to your point, adding etiquette or rules or whatever it's going to be. But in this situation, you can't have meetings in the same way. You can't make decisions in the same way. For me personally, I want to see more of those rules, as you mentioned, centralized and then decision-making decentralized, right? So there's so many things for me as a company that I think we can take great strides uh, you know, in between our, our geographies and our offices to do this. But that's what gets me excited. As designers, we love to think about thinking and design our designing. And I think we just need to keep on having that attitude and take a good look at how we do our jobs and see that whatever we're doing now to improve our work comes out of this making us stronger uh, even at the at the end of this. Yeah, when we're back in the studio, every and that's same thing, same thing. Well, Matt, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of these in lockdown because Oh yeah. Yeah, we're we're here for all of April. So uh, and, and wait, we uh we put the podcast up on a new platform and we can actually have people start to send us questions. Is that right? Yes. There will be a link in our show notes that allows you to send voice messages and we can loop you into the next podcast if you have anything interesting to ask or say. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to let's uh, let, I'm going to go Instagram live right now and see what happens. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> wait, how do, how do how do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, oh, wait, there we go. There we go. There's buttons. Uh, let's see. Oh, man, there is. No, I don't want to do this now. This is confusing. Uh, this technology scares me. I'm. Oh, man, I'm going to have to adjust my fonts to be bigger for my glasses next time. Yeah. I hope hope Lena edits this and puts the little sound in, and this can be the after show. This one? 
Yeah, no, no, God, the old, the old, why is that, that's not a sound that we want to use, that's a sound for when I use profanity. Yeah, hey Joe, have a day. Don't you have a better sound? Oh, God damn it. (laughs) I'll talk to you next week, man. Bye, man.